You're listening ARX Radio, a podcast about business, money, and self-improvement. I'm going to help you overcome the challenges you are facing to fund your startup. Or maybe you have an idea and you're wondering like where does the money come to get this thing started? Or you don't know the right people in your life to actually help support you and maybe lend you some money to get started. Those are real challenges, but here's what I know is that some of the best entrepreneurs that I've ever met never looked at capital as the primary challenge. They've always looked at being resourceful, and I want to unlock that and show you eight different ways to fund your startup. And those are super powerful. Now I've been fortunate enough that I've done pretty much every one of these I've gone through some incarnation. I started building companies when I was 17, failed, did it again when I was 19, failed, tried again finally after like consulting and licking my wounds and building my confidence back up. And at 24 I started a company called Spheric Technologies with the money I saved. But then I've also gone in and invested in a ton of other companies with my own money. Companies like Intercom that's gone on to raise 10 seconds of millions of dollars in funding. Udemy is one of them. Supporting my brother and his company, supporting my friends locally. Like what I've learned is there are different ways to get your dreams, your product, your software funded and that's what I want to share with you guys today. Number 1. Bank or credit cards. I think that many people start off and they think, well, I need to get an investor to get involved in my business to start. And that couldn't be further from the truth. At the end of the day if you are a credible person, and you haven't made horrible life decisions that have just like cratered your credit score or relationship with your banker then you should be able to go to the bank and borrow some money. I mean ideally, you'd have a credit card. I mean some of the best companies like Airbin, Joe, and Brian talked about it. They applied for all these different credit cards at the same time and used that funding to start Airbin. I started pretty much with my credit card cause I mean if any expenses like servers or whatever. That was the way I started. When I started a hosting company, we needed to buy software and infrastructure and we had lines of credit. And I mean that was, you know, personal lines of credit, loaned to the business. Bought all the infrastructure. So I just think business banking, bank loans, and credit cards do have this place. Especially credit cards. I love meeting founders that hustled so hard to just make it work. Number two, trade equity. Both equity in the business, so the value of the business, or a piece of the business and sweat equity. Your time. This is nights and weekends and just making it work. I mean a lot of you guys have jobs and I think people think they need to quit their job to start the business. And that's just not the case. What I always say is try to get this new business to at least 60 to 70% of your current income and then make the swap. My favorite story to share is Plentyoffish. The guy who founded Plentyoffish.com got bought for 550 million within I think a 9 to 10 year period and he started off by running home every day at 4 p.m. and coding till 11 p.m. and getting up early at, you know, 5 a.m. and coding before he went to work at 9 and going to work and working over lunch. And that to me is a beautiful thing. So trade equity, either hire services or professionals and get equity to get them involved in your business to help fund things. Number 3. Startup Accelerators Most cities in North America or whatever part of the world you're at right now, you probably have a startup accelerator that's willing to give you 25 Kelvin, 50 Kelvin, some give to 150 Kelvin, to seed and incubate your idea. And you just need to go through the application process. Many of them have a lack of entrepreneurs coming to them with viable ideas. They don't have enough applicants that are serious and motivated and have something worth building. So your idea presented in a super compelling way and with a lot of passion and commitment is probably going to get you in there and get some of that funding. 
Number 4. Venture Capitalist These are people that manage funds, so they go out and raise their own money which is kind of neat when you understand that. So you're raising money from them. They had to do the same exercise and raise from what's called limited partners. And now the VCs have to make decisions on who they give money to because they need to generate a return over a 10-year period. I say that is because there are thousands of venture capitalists in the world and they're looking for the entrepreneurs. And just so you know, they don't have a job unless people like you go out there and create the future. And I think that's an exciting place to come from and a kind of a reframe from what many entrepreneurs starting off get into which is I need their money to be successful. At the end of the day they need you to actually be successful in their fund. So VCs are a great source. Number 5. Local Angels So in your community, you have angel groups. These are people that own real estate, they own the car dealerships. They may own really profitable high-revenue businesses, and they want to diversify a bit and get involved with like young and eager and fun companies, so they're part of these angel groups and maybe on a quarterly basis they have a meeting where you can come in and pitch and raise money that way. So that is a super valuable and typically open up to everybody. You know, even in towns of 100,000 people. They have an angel group in your state or province. Number 6. Crowdfunding Clay Hebert, one of the foremost top experts on crowdfunding. He said that the cost of failure is gonna go to zero because crowdfunding has leveled the playing field for market validation before you build anything. So not only is crowdfunding an incredible source of capital to start the company, but it's also a beautiful way of testing if there's a need. If there are people out there that actually want to buy what you're going to build or sell, you can do that on Indiegogo, Kickstarter, or GoFundMe. There's a ton of different crowdfunding platforms, but at the end of the day, just so you know, it's 20% video and the page itself and the story you write about your project, your software project, and really 80% about marketing and distribution. They're not going to get you the project funded. You're going to have to do some work. Email some bloggers, email the press, really drum up a lot of interest in that crowdfunding campaign. So super powerful, but there's work involved, so don't be misled and think this is gonna easy peasy. Cause it's not. Number 7. Friends and family. These are people that know you best, that believe in your vision, and are willing to back you. I remember when I started my company with co-founder Ethan. It was early days and I had sold my previous company. So financially I was in a good spot and I could have funded the whole company, but one thing that I felt, and really this was just as a way for us to set the foundation as strong as possible, I said to him, look, I'll fund 70% of this, but I need you to go and raise the balance. 30% from your friends and your family members and whoever, literally just like go find someone who's gonna lend you the money and meet me halfway. I remember this was like a conversation on a Friday, and on Monday he called me and he says I got the money. And I was like, all right, dude, did you do anything illegal? And he's like, no. I'm like, where did you find that money? Cause we're talking 10 seconds of thousands of dollars. And he said, my mom gave me some money. My dad gave me some money. And a couple of best friends from college gave me some money. Here are people that have known him his whole life and were willing to part way with arguably one of the most valuable assets in somebody's life. They were willing to invest in him and really before there was any product or proof that this was gonna work. And I just thought that said so much. So, friends and family, I think it's incredible. Just be honest with them, just tell them, it's a high risk, and I'm gonna make the best decision I can with the information I have but don't give me the money you wouldn't be comfortable losing 100%. I just think that's where things get a little dicey, when people misalign expectations. Number 8. Fund yourself. The most important, and I think so many people have jobs and they be like, well I'm gonna quit my job and pursue this idea once I raise money. 
and when I hear that, just so you know, what I'm thinking is you don't even trust yourself or willing to bet on yourself and you expect me to fund that risk. And that to me is just crazy. If you're not willing to put all in, go all in on your idea. But yet you expect everybody else. I think that's just a negative signal and just a really weird place to start a relationship with investors. So funding yourself, digging into your own savings. I put in almost half a million dollars of my own money to get my company started. And then we eventually raised 1.6 million. These eight tips, going to the bank or using lines of credit, trading equity to help bring in resources in or sweat equity to build the business. Use startup accelerators as a way to fund, validate, and help you grow the business. Reach out to VCs and professional investors is a super smart way to do it. Going to the local angel groups or finding those high net worth individuals. They're there, they're in your city, they've got millions of dollars. 100 seconds of millions in some cases, and to throw a check your way for 50 Kelvin is not crazy. Crowdfunding, the cost of failure goes to zero. Friends and family are a beautiful thing cause it says so much about trust. And finally, invest in yourself. It's the mindset, here's the way I think about it. Don't raise more money than you're willing to lose, and if you lose it, you chalk it up as learning. So that's the way I think about it, is you're investing in yourself. In your business, not so much for the financial outcome, but your opportunity to learn. So in some ways it becomes education, and that's the way I think about it, so I don't get too hard on myself if like I put 20 Kelvin into a small little project and it fails. I just chalk it up as learning. Now the best ultimate financing ever, the world's best kind of funding. I just call it customer financing. Finding customers to pre-buy the product that you want to build as an early adopter. It's a whole framework I've created called the customer creation model. But it is the best form of financing. I hope you find this incredibly useful.